Hey, everybody, thank you for joining us today. We pray that this message reaches you wherever you are at today in whatever situation you are facing. We pray that the Lord ministers to your life. Hang on till the end, and I want to say a couple more things to you before we're done. Once you stand to your feet this morning, if you've got your Bibles, turn to Luke chapter 12. Luke chapter 12. I want to preach to you this morning from this topic. Let's get going. Let's get going. Luke 12, verse 35. Are you ready for the word of the Lord? Let your waist be girded and your lamps burning. And you yourselves be like men who wait for their master when he will return from the wedding, that when he comes and knocks, they may open to him immediately. Blessed are those servants whom the master, when he comes, will find watching. Assuredly, I say to you, he will gird himself and have them sit down to eat and will come and serve them. And if he should come in the second watch or come in the third watch and find them so blessed, are those servants but know this that if the master of the house had known what hour the thief would come he would have watched and not allowed his house to be broken into therefore you also be ready for the son of man is coming at an hour you do not expect then Peter said to him Lord do you speak this parable only to us or to all people and the Lord said who then is that faithful and wise steward whom his master will make ruler over his household to give them their portion of food in due season blessed is that servant whom his master will find in do so doing when he comes truly I say to you that he will make him ruler over all that he has but if that servant says in his heart my master is delaying his coming and begins to beat the male and female servants and to eat and drink and be drunk the master of that servant will come on a day when he is not looking for him and in an hour when he is not aware and will cut him in two and appoint him his portion with the unbelievers and that servant who knew his master's will and did not prepare himself or do according to his will shall be beaten with many stripes but he who did not know yet committed things deserving of stripes shall be beaten with few for everyone to whom much is given from him much will be required and to whom much has been committed of him they will ask the more father we thank you for your word today and Lord as we dive into what you're speaking to us in this hour I just pray father that you help us awaken quicken something inside of us to be listeners to be not just hearers but help us to be doers of the Word of God we thank you for all that you're doing we ask all these things in the powerful and the mighty that name that is above every name, the name of Jesus Christ, amen and amen. Turn around, high five somebody and say, let's get going, and you may be seated. <clears throat> Once a year, I'm asked to, um, through the Rotary Club here, and then sometimes the track coach will call me, I'm asked to be a timekeeper at our junior high and our high school track meets. 
I always think, I hope these aren't like state award things because you're asking a preacher to be a timekeeper for a track meet. But they kind of give you the rundown because I do it once or twice a year, so you have to be reminded of everything again. And they tell you, okay, get, get ready. You're holding this thing. You got your finger holding this thing. You got your finger on the trigger. You're ready to go. And you're going to watch this man standing there called a starter. And the starter has a pistol. And he also has a flag. And the starter will say, on your mark. And that means runners, get ready. But for the timekeepers, that is our... And when he's on the other side of the track, and when he's on the other side of the track, you've got to be watching. You've got to be watching for the flag to be raised. You're already a few seconds behind, so you watch for the smoke from that gun. And when the smoke happens, before you even hear the sound, you push that button because you have been waiting and watching and you're ready to go when that thing happens. Let me tell you, there are times that I wasn't watching and waiting. And you hit the thing late and you run over there to somebody else and say, how far are we? And then you say, okay, when we're done, we're going to swap numbers. Don't tell people that because there are people that give their life for those numbers. And I'll be honest, the timekeeper, we've had to swap numbers sometimes, okay? But it's because I wasn't prepared. But you have to be watching and waiting. Luke chapter 12, Jesus talks about the coming of the Son of Man. And what I found out is people, whenever we want to hear about the coming of Jesus, usually there's people in two camps. There's one side over here, that, like I was when I was a kid, that said, you know what, Lord, I want you to come back, but you know what, I want to drive first. And I couldn't wait till I turned 16 years old. And I got my driver's license. Then I wanted to get married and have family and all of that kind of stuff. And Lord, don't come back before I'm able to have, get married and all of those things. Then I had children. And now I'm in the other camp. Even so, Lord, come quickly. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. That's the other camp. The other camp is, hey, Lord, it's okay. Come back at any moment. We find ourselves in two of those camps it's like the person that said this everybody wants to go to heaven but nobody wants to die right we love to think about what that's going to be like but here's the reason i'm telling you death is one thing death and going to heaven is one thing but the return of jesus is something different we believe that we serve a jesus who has promised to return we believe we serve a Jesus who could come at any moment. But here's what I find. Here's what I find happens, especially what is going on in the Middle East, because I believe that we can watch for signs to happen. That doesn't mean it's going to happen tomorrow. It could. 
but we watch for things happening. There are a few things that have to unfold before the coming of Christ. One thing is that Jesus said, until the whole world hears the gospel, that the, that the world is going to hear the gospel. Well, guess what? We live in an age where technology has made it possible that that could happen quicker than other times in human history. But I don't think that that, that means they have all heard just yet. But it could happen in the moment. So don't misunderstand. My point is this, though. Here's what happens. All of a sudden, we hear about a tank in the Middle East, and everybody wants to run and get right. And let me tell you something. If it takes a tank moving in the Middle East for you to get right with Jesus, then you've misunderstood what you were called to do. If it takes things happening overseas for you to start doing what God is calling you to do and be who God is calling you to be, then you have misunderstood the whole time. Because here's what Jesus said. He said in Luke chapter 12, we should have a posture. It's the same posture I had as a kid growing up. When I was a kid growing up in Mississippi, it was hot. I mean, what we experienced the summer, uh, the heat, the 100 degrees, I experienced every summer growing up in Mississippi. It's humid, it's hot, they have mosquitoes the size of helicopters, and it's aggravating. And you'd be inside all summer, and your ears were tuned to one thing for relief. It was called the ice cream truck. And that little sound was going to go down the road, and this sketchy dude in a truck, that you're thinking, I'm not going up there unless there's other people, because I, I, may, I may leave with him if I'm not careful. You would be listening for the sound of that ice cream truck. But here was the thing, because of the way I was raised, we were very modest, and I, I, mean, I ran out with my shoes off. I mean, Mississippi, we just got shoes about 10 years ago, so we always had our shoes off. But you know what? My mama said, you better have some clothes on, boy, before you go out there. So I had to be ready. I had to be dressed and ready to run and listening because if the ice cream truck passed by and I didn't see it and I tried to run down the road and flag it down and missed it because I wasn't prepared. So you'd be inside playing with your cars, but your ear was tuned to outside just waiting for the sound of that truck. You'd be inside watching television, but your ear was also listening for the sound of that truck. So the time that it came, you were ready to go. Listen, Jesus said this in Luke chapter 12, when the master comes back, he Here's how the servant, by the way, don't get it twisted. We are the servants, and he's the master. You understand that? He's the one in charge, not us. I know some people try to act like they're going to boss God around. He is the God of this universe. He is the master, and we're the ones that serve him. And Jesus said, when the master comes back, may he find the servants with two things. May their belts, their waist be girded, and may their lanterns be, be ready. May their lanterns be burned. May their waists be girded and their lanterns be burning. In other words, this, if you got to jump up and get your waist girded and get your stuff ready, you're going to miss it. If you've got to light the lamp, you're going to miss it. That we are called to live ready. We are called to live like Jesus could come at any moment. But we're called to work like it's going to be generations from now. We are called to live like the Master is coming back. We watch for signs. We watch for things happening. We watch for things going on. But I don't sit by and just say, well, it's getting closer. I might as well just sit here and wait. No, no, no. I believe because it's getting closer, that means we are called to be at work. We are called to occupy. We are called to go. We are called to make a difference. We are called to arise to the mission God has for us in this very hour. Amen. If I can say this to you this morning, I'm not trying to hurt you 
hurt you or anywhere, upset you, but I'm going to step on your toes because God steps on mine. I just pass it on to you. Amen. Look at what Ephesians chapter 5, here's what the Apostle Paul says in Ephesians chapter 5. He says, therefore he says, awake you who sleep. Arise from the dead and Christ will give you light. I don't believe he's just talking to unbelievers there. I believe he's talking to us and to the church. And I want you to know this, in this moment, we have put too much emphasis on the wrong things in church. We've been interested in getting everybody entertained to get them here. If we can have the right lights and the right smoke and the right mirrors, if we can do all the right things, then we'll get a crowd and we'll keep them here. But I want you to know in this hour that we live in, we live in a moment of confusion and the enemy works in chaos and confusion. It's no, listen, it's no surprise that people are confused. Gender confusion is going on. People can't realize what God has called them and created them to be. There's confusion on who we're called to be, how we're called to live, how life is meant for us to be lived. There's so much confusion and the Bible says God is not the author of chaos or confusion. The enemy wants to operate in that because you know what? When we're confused, we're disoriented. When we're confused, we don't know where to go. Or also the enemy wants us to lay down on the job and go to sleep but I just came today with a clarion call to the church. It's time we wake up. It's time we get up. Arise, church. Wake up, church. Awake, slumbering church. And get up and arise to the mission God has for us that God is not done. And we're not supposed to sit by and wait till he gets back. We are called to be doing things right now. In this moment, we are called to rise to mission. So when the master comes back, he finds his servants are watching and waiting and ready. Amen? I got four things. Let me get to this. I didn't preach this in the first service. I'll be honest, but I got to preach the first service, and my entire notes got deleted from my iPad. I had nothing. And so the Lord had to help me. And so he's helping me again because I threw something together back there. But anyway, this was not in the first one. But I believe if you read Luke 12, there are blessings to those that are watching. There are blessings to those that are prepared. He says, now, I, I don't get all this. I don't, I don't, I'm the kind of person, I don't like people to get in trouble, so I don't want anybody to get stripes on their back, so don't misunderstand me. But in this setting, in this context, Jesus said that the servants, that when the master comes back, knew to do right and didn't do it. They knew he was coming back, but they ignored it. They're going to have one thing happen to them. But those that didn't even know, but did the right thing anyway, you know what? They didn't know when he was coming back, but they were doing what they were called to do. He does say they'll get in trouble still, but it won't be as much. And he says this, to whom much is given, much is required. Here's why this is important to me, because I believe the American church much has been given to us. Listen, this morning there are people across the globe that are gathering with no heat and no air conditioning. They're gathering without seats like this. They're gathering in places. I heard this week that there is over 100 million Christians in China right now. That means 100 million people that potentially could be put in prison or killed for their faith and they're choosing to follow after Jesus anyway. 
There are people across the globe that don't have the comfort that we have. But we sit here every single week and listen to me, the American church. Much has been given to us and because of that much is required of us. We are called to rise up and stand up and be the people of God. And I believe there is a blessing that comes with the responsibility that as we do, God prepares us and empowers us to be the light he has called us to be. Amen. So how do we arise to mission? Four things this morning that were called. I actually taught these on a Wednesday night once, but it was a long time ago, and most of y'all have forgotten because I've forgotten myself, and um, y'all slept since then. So let me give you four of these. Number one is pray. Number one is pray. Now, we hear that, and we say things like, well, yeah, you're talking about prayer again. No, no, don't misunderstand what I'm saying. Here's the reason prayer is important. It's not just about going to God with needs. It's about this. Number one, we are in a spiritual warfare season in our world like we've never been in before. That the attacks that are happening is spiritual. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, against rulers of the darkness of this age. And the way we as Christians are called to respond is in spiritual battle. And we do that through prayer. Prayer is not just about going to God and giving me need, my needs. Prayer is about being connected to the source. We need to be connected like never before. There are things that are going to happen all around us. There's confusion. We need to understand prayer. Our homes should be places of prayer. Listen to me. If revival is coming to this world, it's not just going to happen because of the church house. It's going to be happen because of the prayer closets where Christians are getting on their knees and crying out to God and praying God to do something and do more. One of the things that scares me about this generation, my generation, mine, is the generations before us seem like they knew how to get a hold of God. Generations before knew how to, they, there was men and women that knew how to go into the prayer closet, go out to the woods. I had grandparents that would go out to the woods and say, I'm not coming back till something changes. And they would grab hold of the horns of the altar and they would pray and intercede until God did something. And my prayer is right now, God raise up an inner, a generation of intercessors that know what it means to seek his face and to pray and believe because I believe we need spiritual warfare like never before. Amen? Parents, I'm, I'm just going to tell you this very quickly. I believe prayer begins in our home as part of discipleship. We have, I have a one-year-old and a three-year-old, and their attention span is about like some of yours in here this morning. I'm just kidding. We try to have family devotions, and I'll say, boys, come sit down. And they, they sit there for a minute and look, and then all of a sudden Boston pops up and runs away and goes and does something and comes back and tries to sit there for a minute. And we pray but you know why it's important? I mean, they'll pray for the goofiest things. My son loves home alone. He prayed for Kevin not to get in trouble with the bad guys the other day. I mean, it was his whole prayer. Lord, help Kevin. I, want, I almost stopped him. Benjamin, pray for something serious. And I thought, you know, like the Holy Spirit said, just let him learn to pray. Stop getting on to him and let him learn to pray. I thought, that's the goofiest prayer. But I thought, well, I pray the goofiest prayers myself sometimes. I want him to know what it means to cry out to God and to pray in his life, and you know what, as goofy as it is, funny as it is, that matters to him, that old Kevin doesn't get hurt by the wet bandits, and, and you know, and, and, and home alone, and in his little mind, that's what matters, prayer is something we have to begin to teach this generation what it means to pray, amen, number two, we participate, and by that I mean this, we participate in, in, in learning and growing spiritually, 
right now, I'm telling you, because of the world we live in, we need Christians that have a solid foundation. We need young people that have a solid foundation. We're, we're going to go from here, and listen, I don't care what system of education you use, there are going to be people that pour into you that do not believe like you believe. And if we don't teach and train the next generation, if we don't teach them what it means to know God, then when they go on the job or whatever it is, and as, as, as adults, we should be growing and learning. That you should be growing in your faith. You should be participating with God. Because listen, there's a lot of work to be done. And, and it's not left up to a couple people at the church to do it. We as people are called to be the people of God. All of us are called to be active in what is going on. And so we participate so that we can learn and grow we get out our Bibles and we dive into the Word of God we grab a commentary and we ask questions about what am I reading we grab a devotional we grab other people and we go to coffee and we ask questions about God whatever it is we are called to participate in knowing God so that we all are being brought up as trees of righteousness because listen to me as the world begins to change and as the world begins to get even crazier at times we are the the ones that can stand solid we can stand here because we are anchored to the rock of Christ Jesus and we know whom we have believed in and he is able to keep us we know the God that we serve because we have learned who he is and we are anchored to the rock amen so we pray we participate number three we are called to proclaim sorry we're called to proclaim proclaim the good news I've been reading a lot Romans chapter 9 through 11 because of everything happening in Israel and just um, I like to do everything from what does the Bible say about these things. So Romans 9 through 11, Paul says, has God forgot about Israel? And he says, certainly not. That's in Romans 11. But in Romans 10, right in the middle of this beautiful chapters, he says these, these things. And I love this. Romans chapter 10, he says, how then shall they call on him? in whom they have not believed and how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard and how shall they hear without a preacher and how shall they preach unless they are sent as it is written how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace who bring glad tidings of good things but have they not all obeyed the gospel for Isaiah says Lord who has believed our report so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Listen, I believe that we are called to proclaim the good news. I know, I, I know I'm, I'm a preacher, and I get that. And I like that. I like it. It doesn't bother me. People call me preacher. And, you know, Benjamin, they say, what does your dad do? He says, he's a preacher. I love being called that. But here's the truth. Every one of us are called to preach the gospel. You don't have to have a microphone to preach the gospel. We all carry something, and it's good news. I've had to go to people's houses and tell them bad news, and that's no fun. I've had to tell people some sad things, and that's no fun. But when I've got good news, I'm just bursting with excitement. I can't wait. I mean, I want to spill the beans because I'm so excited. You know what Paul says? We have good news. The gospel, euangelion is in the Greek, is good news. You know what the good news is? Our God reigns. For Paul, he was saying Jesus is Lord and Caesar is not. And I want you to know, I know things are bad, but some of us need to turn off our television and we need to get in the word of God and we need to go out and not tell everybody 
everybody what the news said. We need to tell everybody what God said because God said he wins. God said he's in charge. God says he's in control. And the good news is I don't care what the news, the media says. The good news is Jesus Christ is king of kings and he's Lord of lords. And he is ruling and reigning and he is sovereign. And when I begin to understand that I have good news to bring and that is that Jesus is still alive and he's still on the throne. Amen? So we are all called to preach the gospel. And the reason this is important to me is because, you know, I was a, when I was younger, they would say things, older people would say things like, time just speeds up as you get older. And I thought, that's goofy. Until I got older. And all of a sudden, my almost four-year-old, I felt like he was born yesterday. But I do believe there's something supernatural. Don't, don't hear this, hear this this morning. There is something supernatural taking place right now. Because I believe God is accelerating things because of what he is trying to accomplish in the earth. And the reason this is important is because I believe God allowed for a long time for people to wait to see how they would respond. And there's people that have been in church for 40 and 50 years and they don't know Jesus any more than they did the day they walked in. And so I believe what God is doing now, he is taking people that come in hungry and they might have only been saved a week. But you know what? I believe he is accelerating things. And I believe they are going to catch on quicker than any ever before. I believe they're going to know God and know his word quicker than ever before. I believe God is accelerating things so that we can make disciples. You know why? Because the only way the gospel is going to go out as if somebody preaches it. The only way they're going to hear is by faith coming and being it preached. And that's going to happen when we begin to stand up as the people of God and we begin to proclaim the message of good news. And I believe God is accelerating things in the earth so that people that said, you know what, I don't know God very well. And I'll just say, hang on. You participate, you pray, and you begin to proclaim. And God will give you the words to say in the moment because I believe God is going to make some fast disciples in these times so that people can be prepared for what God has for them. Amen? Number four, if the worship team will join me. Number four. Not only do we pray, participate, and proclaim, but number four, I believe we're called to practice. I believe we're called to practice and what we've been talking about is practice generosity. I'll get to that later on. Don't not come to church next week because you think I'm preaching about money. I don't know how church folks are. But, but we are called to, I want to say it this way for number four, we're called to practice what we preach. Brennan Manning's a man that I love. If you know his story, he was a man who struggled most of his life. He was a priest, struggled with alcoholism. He would do good and relapse. And he wrote several books, The Ragamuffin Gospel. Just an incredible, I got to hear him in Oklahoma City one time before he passed away incredible man the people that he loved and reached out to incredible and Brendan Manning said this he said the number one cause for atheism in the world today are Christians who confess Jesus with their mouth but deny him with their lifestyle the reason some people don't ever believe in Jesus is because they see Christians who say I'm a follower of Jesus and they think if that's what Jesus is like I want nothing to do with it. And I'm here to tell you, we are called to practice what we preach. The shaking that took place three years ago 
that began with a pandemic, but it began to shape some things and reveal some things. And we saw one high-level minister after the other begin to fall. And you know why? Because I believe God was bringing judgment to the church. And I believe God was saying to the church, I'm tired of you sleeping. I'm tired of you acting like you're just playing games. It is time that we wake up to the truth. And the revealing that took place was God saying this, you're not going to be able to play games. We had such a celebrity culture. I said this Wednesday night because I had a good friend of mine preaching for me. I had another pastor friend of mine that was here. And the truth is this, that it has been hard. And I'm not saying this to sound arrogant or haughty, but I'm telling you, not, not in the circles that I run in, but there's been some circles that I've been ex- exposed to with preachers that I wouldn't go to Walmart with them because of the places that they go after church is out. It's embarrassing. The things that they do, as not just as a minister, as a Christian, it's humility, and it's sickening, to be honest. And what I said about my friends here was, I'm glad to know that tonight, we're going back to a hotel room, and, or going back to, not to a hotel room, that sounds, I mean, I'm confessing things. We're going back to a hotel. <laughs> we're going, we're, we had to make our way back up there, but you know what? I know how these guys live. I know the integrity and the character in their heart. And that matters. And I'm telling you this, listen to me. Do not confess that you follow Jesus. I'm not saying we're always going to be perfect. But don't go around telling everybody what you're grateful. God's done for you. And then live however you want to live all the time. When you tell people, if if you're going to do like that, tell them you go to a different church, please. Okay? I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. If you're going to drive back, put a different bumper signal in your car from our church. But the truth is this, when we began to live the gospel, there is nothing I believe, listen, more for people to see, and there is nothing in their life where they say, man, I want that so bad. I know I've preached this many times, I'm almost done. But you know what I've realized over the last several years, I've come to embrace this about my life and my ministry. I used to say, Lord, I don't want to preach like that. But here's the truth, I believe part of what God has called Justice Lancashire to do is to wake up the church. I've been a part of it my whole life. And if anybody can cr- criticize it, critique it, I can, because I've been in it. I don't like people coming in and critiquing something they're not a part of. I can't stand that. And, 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 but I'm telling you, I've been in this thing my whole life, and I can critique it, and I can criticize it, because I love the church. I don't mean just landmark church. I'm talking about the church with a capital C. I love the church. But I am telling you this, what God is doing at Landmark Church is phenomenal. I, I, I get with pastors like I did last week. We were at a, a setting, and I got with pastors, and for them to hear what God is doing here, they, I mean, there's almost, I hate to say this, almost a jealousy in their eyes. They can't believe what God is doing, and I never want to take it for granted. But this week, I had the opportunity to sit. There's about 120 of us in a room, and they had Christine Kane come in and speak to us, and she talked to us about the world we're living in and what God is calling us to do. And if you don't know Christine Kane, she's a powerful woman of God, and she runs this ministry that is about human trafficking. And she said, not number one, to see the, tra- the people, the women, that they are bringing out of this trafficking is amazing. To see traffickers go to jail. But you know what? Also, what she told us that I thought was incredible. She said, I'm, I'm literally, they've been to like 12 nations in the last like few weeks. It was crazy. Like 13 weeks, they, how many places they've been. But she said, what I'm finding out is, everywhere I go, there is a new generation coming up that is ready for more of God. And I say this to you with love and kindness, but listen, 
if we won't follow him, God will find somebody that will do it. If we say, you know what, we're just going to sit here and, and not care, we're just going to go about our business, then God says, that's fine. But you know what, he always has a remnant of people that he has raised up that he will use for his glory. And my prayer is, God, don't pass me by. I want it. I don't care if those around me want it or not. They can do whatever. I want it. I don't care if those around me don't. I want it. I don't want to be passed by. God, awake me up. God, awaken that inside of me. God, awaken up everything in me so I can arise to the mission you have because I don't want to be left behind. I want to be in the vein of what God is doing. And when the master gets back, I want to be working. When the master gets back, I want to be ready for what he's doing. Hey, everybody, thank you so much. We are so honored that you chose to join us today for this message. And our prayer is for you and your family that you would be uplifted and encouraged. If today you receive Christ or if you would like to give to the vision of Landmark Church, if you would go to our website, www.landmarkchurchok.com, there's more information there, how you can do all of that. And also, if you have a prayer request, please let us know how we can be praying for you guys. We love you and hope you have a blessed time.